Hello all, hope you're having a wonderful weekend. My station is empty, so I thought I'd put something on it. And I ran across an old article I wrote September 4th, 2010. It's called, Are You Rejecting the Good in Favor of the Perfect? And I'm going to read it to you. Now, there will be a little flubs here and there, but I don't, I can't edit. This is anchor. What can I do? And it'll be in two parts. Here we go. Are you? You can take that many ways, especially all of my single girlfriends combing through perfectly good choices in search of the perfect choice when they themselves are not perfect. But I'm not going to go there. Not today. The story that is writing me this morning is the one about our language. Are you rejecting a perfectly good employee, boyfriend, girlfriend, pastor, or friend simply because they don't speak standard English? You sit down to spend time on Facebook, and for you, it is effortless. You read this easily, but someone somewhere on your page struggles and becomes mute because they cannot turn out a tweet, text, or post fast enough, and when they do, it is laden with errors. IDK, the language has changed. In real-time English, if you do not know what IDK stands for, which is I don't know, and you write I don't know, N-O, there are those who would discount you because you did not use K-N-O-W for the word no. But why the unnecessary letters? Why the K and the W if they are silent? Why must our intelligence be measured by whether or not we know or remember these things? But it is. And then there's this thing many of us have about Ebonics, which is also called African American Vernacular English. American corporations are using these colloquialisms we say every day and laughing all the way to the bank. Example, I'm loving it. I will never forget the time I wrote a story about Ebonics back when it captured many headlines for the Just For Me newsletter for girls. The parent company was ProLine Corporation, which was headquartered then in Dallas, Texas, so you can imagine the ebonics that you could hear all over Dallas. But I was chastised by them for writing the article. One of my Dallas co-workers said, We don't be needing to read about no ebonics down here. That's something y'all all can keep in California. That's pure ebonics. The way African Americans speak is a second language. Any two times you have to relearn how to speak and write in order to fit within corporate culture so you can get a job. My students work hard at it in speech and in writing. I remember a radio intern once was reading copy for a news story and she kept pronouncing X for ask. I said, no, no, say basketball. She said, basketball. I said, good. Now say bask. She said, bask. I said, great. Now drop the B and say the word. She smiled and said, X. We joke about it when we see each other, but these tendencies to pronounce things a certain way are consistent with our African language patterns. Just like the French put their twists on English, Asians, Latinos, and so many other kinds. The difference is we see those accents as romantic and cute. Ours are seen as ignorant until it becomes commercialized a la who dat. You know who that was for New Orleans football, right? What up with that? Same thing with writing. My students are graduating from high school to arrive at college functionally ill-prepared to compete in college English and math. 
There are a lot of reasons why that is, but for brevity's sake, I'll start with the the baby mama syndrome. It's the first thing you will notice. We were reading Sister Soldier's No Disrespect. I had my students write in-class essays. That way you know who actually wrote them. Question. What impact did Sister Soldier's mother have on her teenage years? Across the board, they responded, Sister Soldier mother was a... I made them all go back and insert the apostrophe S. I asked, you've heard the term baby mama drama, right? Of course they had. Well, how can you correct that grammatically? And it was like pulling teeth to get them to translate the baby mama into baby's mother. So, of course, they could not write sister soldier's mother. Now, here's a test for you to do at home. And as we uh, find out that our time is almost up, Stand by for the second part. Let's talk about Ebonics. This is part two. Here's a test you can do at home. Have your children write to you, free write. Assign them a topic and see what they come up with. Turn on a tape recorder. Most cell phones have them these days. Record your family as they sit around the table. Play it back, and most of you will point out that they are steeped in Ebonics and didn't even realize it. I've seen it happen time and again. That's another one of those things we do. It's not just with us, though. I call it the Luke Walton syndrome. Luke was one of the Los Angeles Lakers. Now he's the coach. And when he was a player, he kept me in a constant state of passivity. Shoot, Luke. Dunk, Luke. And all the announcers would wax on about how intelligent he was. So they kept him around and they did these video diaries of his life. But listen to Luke. Luke grew up with a father who is verbose and very standard English speaking and proper in standard English. But how does Luke speak? Like he's been hanging with the homeboys, which he has. He's been around the brothers so long, he's picking up Ebonics. But because he was raised on standard English, he can switch back and forth. Actually, we're all picking it up. Sometimes I can't think of the word we used to use before dis came into vogue. Ebonics, laced with hip-hop speak and computer shorthand, is at the center of multi-million dollar music, film, and comedy industries. The way we speak naturally is picked up by the advertising industry, so you have wannabes who are white calling each other dog and saying, what up, and shudders calling each other the N-word. Steve Harvey rarely speaks standard English. Just listen. But he's hosting Family Feud. How did that happen? I always encourage my students to appreciate their language and not think of it as wrong. However, if they need to transition from a PC to a Mac, they'd best know the language of the Mac world so they can get somewhere, right? And in college, I tell them they need to master standard English in order to have their work pass muster. Code switching, as it is called, would have been much easier for African-American students to have picked up in early years because it is not as comfortable to learn when they are adults in college. If you are a successful adult, you may struggle with English, but you might hire someone like me to wordsmith your ideas and no one would be the wiser. But when you go to post on Facebook or send a tweet, as our president has found out many times, you don't have time for much more than spell check. Show of hands, how many of you have posted only to go back to look at what you've written to cringe in horror? Me too. 
But thank goodness for the world of high-speed social communication. It's some. It's somewhat forgiving. Those of you who have sons and daughters on Facebook can also be in for a rude awakening. So the way to beef up your second language is to do what you would do if you wanted to learn any other language. Read more standard English books, articles, etc. Have books on tape read to you so you can hear more of the language you're trying to learn. Books like The Coldest Winter Ever or Midnight, also by Sister Soldier, will get students into reading. Once these page turners have ended, they will look for other books. At least you will have sparked an interest because you're, you, you're going to bridge from where they are to where they want to go. They don't have to be the Gumbel Brothers, but good things await those who are bilingual because many will reject you no matter how good you are in favor of another who speaks standard English. Now, in this article, and that's by me, I see your person, Lynn, and this is Walking and Talking in L.A. It's the weekend, so I'm sitting in front of my computer. But one of the things I wish I had included were the actual examples of African words that made their way into the English language and also the, the, the actual way they've tracked down the speech patterns from African languages they came over and they became kind of like a pigeon English when they got here through slavery and how these words are often in our language and the way we speak today in America. But this is how your mother taught or spoke. Then when you go to school, you don't feel a teacher who's going to tell you you're wrong because your mama's not wrong. So you have to have bridge ways to teach. Okay, these are just our thoughts on Ebonics. What do you think?